The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Why did Jesus Christ come into the world? In this powerful sermon, Elder Lonnie Mazingo explains to us the reason that Jesus Christ came to this earth in the first place. He didn't come to make man savable. He didn't come to try and accomplish something. But he came to do the will of the Father which had sent him. And what was the will of the Father? To save them that God had given him in the covenant of grace from the foundation of the world. Please join us for the first half of this powerful message today and come back again tomorrow to hear the conclusion of the message telling us why Jesus came into the world. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
to draw your attention tonight uh, to the book of Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, and um, we'll begin to read uh, in, in verse 17. And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the, unto the chief priest and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. Now you can imagine if you were one of the disciples the impact of that statement. If you were one of the Lord's disciples and he turned and said, we're going to Jerusalem and when we get there, I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of the, of the religious authorities and they are going to mock me, scourge me, and then they're going to put me to death. They're going to crucify me. But I'm going to rise again the third day. Think about what that would mean to you as a disciple of Christ. And yet, what was their reaction? Well, Lord, we want to talk to you about something. Um, <clears throat> we have two brethren here that want to sit on your right hand and on your left hand when you come into your kingdom. And then the other disciple says, what in the, who, are the, who are these, you know, these brethren, what, what are they doing? Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think either one of them are going to be on the right hand or left. I, I, I'm going, and they begin to argue among each other who's going to be the greatest among them. Now, isn't that amazing that here the Lord has just told them that he's going to be crucified, put to death, and then rise the third day. And their reaction is, well, Lord, who's going to be the big shot? Who's going to be the greatest among us? Now, any other religious leader among men would have lost all patience and would have probably just cleaned house. But I take great comfort in the fact that our Lord was so patient with his disciples in their, uh, in their improper attitudes because you know what? He's had to do that with me. How about you? The Lord has throughout my life had to put up with a lot of me missing the point or going in the wrong direction when he was steering me one way, going in another. These disciples, instead of saying, oh, Lord, we can't imagine the thought of you going through this horrible, mock, this cruel mockery, this trial, this scourging, being crucified, put to death. But we're so thankful that you're going to rise the third day. That gives us hope. None of that. They just start arguing about who's going to be the greatest among them. And that shows you the weakness of our human nature even after we're born again. As disciples of Christ, and you know what? Jesus exemplified the character of the Father, proving that he's God manifest in the flesh, when instead of rebuking them or uh, firing all of them and getting more disciples or some other violent reaction, he gently, kindly, patiently steered them back in the right direction. And how many times has the Lord done that in your life? Is it not, as the psalmist David said, as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. 
For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are but dust. My friends, you can expect a lot out of people and you can expect a lot of yourself, but the Lord doesn't expect that much out of you because you're, he knows you're just dust. He knows how frail you are. He did not turn to you to help him with salvation. He did not turn to help you execute the counsel of eternity past and all of the plans that he had for his people. He didn't turn to you for help because he knew you'd let him down. How many times have I let the Lord down? And I've had to remind myself that God in his infinite mercy has been patient with me. How about you? Well, listen to what Jesus says to them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. In other words, the powerful exercise authority over the Gentiles. But it shall not be so among you. Now what the Lord is saying is, is that there's one way the world operates. There's a way that, uh, that things operate at your, at your job, at, at your secular employment. There's a way the government works out there in the world. There's a way that society works, but it's not to be with you. This is not the way that you are to be with one another. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. The word minister means servant. There's two words that the Lord's people need to drill into their mind and it will help them in service to God. A minister is a servant and a deacon is a runner in the dust. That's what the word deacon literally means in Greek. So I said, what does that mean in Greek? It means that you means you run in the dust. It means you're running errands. You're sent on an errand and you run to get it accomplished. The deacons are the servants of the church. The ministers are the servants of the Lord. And so he's, so the word minister, you know, somebody says, oh, <coughs> I'm a minister. <coughs> that says, I'm a servant. <laughs> that's exactly what a minister is. Someone who serves others. And that's what your pastor is. That's what any minister of the gospel is. He's your servant. You remember what Paul said? He said, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For the sake of Jesus, your pastor and these ministers in this congregation are here to serve you. So Jesus said, But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Whoever's going to be the greatest, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not, to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. If the Lord be my helper tonight, I want to talk to you about why Christ came into the world. Jesus said, if you're going to be the greatest among you, it's he that is willing to be your servant. Now, that's contrary to human thinking, isn't it? Generally, we think that the greatest person is the one everybody's serving, you know, Everybody's waiting on you hand and foot. You must, be the big, you must be the greatest person in the room. But Jesus said in the eyes of God, the greatest person in the room is the one that's serving everyone else. And then he says this, even as the Son of Man came, not to be ministered to, Jesus didn't come into the world and sit on a throne and say, now all of y'all wait on me hand and foot. 
He could have. He's God manifest in the flesh. He could have, he could have came into Jerusalem, sat down on a throne and said, I'm God and all humanity needs to start serving me. But Jesus said he did not come for that purpose, did he? Even so as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto. He didn't come to be waited on or served, but to minister. Is there anybody that was greater among that group of people than Jesus Christ? No. He's God manifest in the flesh. If you know anything about my ministry, you know that one of the central themes and focus of that ministry is, is to proclaim the great truth that God was manifest in the flesh and his name is Jesus Christ the Lord. That Jesus is not just a man, he's not just a prophet, he's not just a moral leader. Jesus Christ is not just the, 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 the founder of a great movement. Jesus Christ is God. Amen. He was the greatest in that group. And yet he came not to be ministered to, but to be, you know what he was doing? Setting the example. And what he's teaching us is that in the world... You know, in the world, what do people do? They fight and scrap and uh, maneuver to claw their way to the top. And guess what they find out when they get to the top? Somebody's clawing, trying to get them to come off the top so they can take their place. It reminds me of the way kids used to play on the playground when I was growing up. We had this thing called King of the Hill. And uh, somebody would get up on top of the hill and everybody would try to knock him off. And uh, then they'd stand up there, and then somebody come along and knock him off and stand up there. And uh, you, you, you'd fought over that until there was somebody left standing. That's the way the world is. You say, that's just a childish game on the playground. That's exactly the way people act every day. That's the way they act on the interstate. That's the way that they act at work. And sadly, that's the way they act in many homes in our society. It's dog eat dog. Rather than being a place of comfort and safety and well-being. The home is a place of competition, vying for mother's affection, vying for dad's attention, vying for power. Jesus said, that's the way the world is. But it's not to be with you that way. In the church, in the kingdom of God, his disciples need to understand that the way up in his kingdom is how? Down. Jesus said, he that exalteth himself shall be what? Abased. If you lift yourself up, if you exalt yourself, you know what's going to happen? The Lord's going to pull the rug out from under you. He's going to do it. And praise God that he will. He loves you enough to do that to you. He lets the wicked go on in their wicked way. But God said, he that exalteth himself shall be abased. But he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The way up in the kingdom of God is down. Jesus did not come into this world to be ministered to. He came to set the example, to minister, and to set the example. If you continue to read on, you'll find that as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed them. And then it goes on to say in chapter 21, when they drew nigh to Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage under the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples. Now we've read through the chapter division. But it's still the same narrative, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway <clears throat> ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, 
which was spoken by the prophet. Now, if there's anything you understand about the Bible, you need to understand this. The word of God cannot be broken. And if the Old Testament said something was going to happen, it had to happen. And you'll find many times in the Bible, in the New Testament, where it said this happened, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken in the Old Testament. Because what God prophesied in the Old Testament must be fulfilled in the New Testament age. And so he says, this, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell ye the daughter of Zion. See, I love to preach about Zion. You knew I was going to get to Zion before it was over with. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, which is the New Testament way of saying Zion. You remember I tried to talk to you about that one time before when I was here. Of course you do. I know you hadn't forgot. <laughs> Sion, S-I-O-N, is the New Testament rendering of the Old Testament Hebrew word Zion, Z-I-O-N. It's talking about the same place, but one is a physical place and one is a spiritual place, right? He says, say unto the daughter of Sion, he says, I'll, uh, tell ye the daughter of Sion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. So whenever Jesus is coming into Jerusalem, they take this little ass that's called the foal of an ass. And I love to point out the fact that the reason why that they use an animal like that with a name like that is to show you that there is. And by the way, this was an animal that had never been ridden on. And, 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 and the, significant of the significance of that is this. The psalmist David tells you that vain man would be uh, wise though he be born as a wild ass's colt. You and I are born with the wild nature of a wild ass. And therefore, when Jesus was sat down on this animal, he didn't go bucking off into the, into the horizon. He sat on that animal and rode him right into Jerusalem. And there's never been a sinner too wild for Jesus to break him. Amen. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, or Zion, tell ye the daughter of Zion what? Behold. That word behold means to stop, pay attention, focus, look. You know, in other words, not just a cursory observation, not just a parting glance, but stop and pay attention. Behold, thy king cometh, riding upon an ass, not upon a great white steed of triumph, but upon an ass, the colt, the foal of an ass. And he said, and, uh, uh, and, and the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Where were they? And whenever, Je whenever Jesus came into Jerusalem, they cried out, Behold! To the multitudes of people that saw him coming into the city, behold, thy king cometh. Amen. Now, did Jesus come into, the, in, into this world? Yes. He came to this world born of a virgin, right? Amen. He grew up in the city of Nazareth and in those environs. And then at 30 years old, he entered his public ministry. And now he's at the end of his public ministry and he's about to be, he's about to, 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 to culminate the ultimate purpose of his coming into this world. He's going into Jerusalem. <clears throat> and, the, and, and, the, uh, and the cry is, Behold thy king cometh. He said, All this was done that it might be fulfilled by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold thy king cometh. What prophet are we talking about here? Zechariah. Let's go back to the book of Zechariah very quickly and read the prophecy of the Lord coming into Jerusalem. Now, Jesus is fulfilling this prophecy, so let's go back and see what this prophecy says. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. 
Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, for he is just in having salvation. He's not going to get just and get salvation. He is just and he has salvation. <clears throat> One of the things I tried to point out at Blooming Grove this morning is, is that when the angel said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall, not might, not hope to, but he shall save his people from their sins. He was a savior when he came and they were already his people whenever he came to get them. And, he's, and he did the job. He got the job done. He is just in having salvation. Lowly. How did he come? He didn't come to be ministered to. He came to minister. Lowly. You can't get more low than riding on a wild ass's colt. You can't. That's about as low as you can go. Again, he's not riding on a white horse, triumphant like the Caesars would enter into Rome. You may have seen in the movies depictions of that he's riding upon this little wild beast of burden and upon a colt the foal of an ass the, a foal means in other words it, this, this was her offspring okay this is her and, and, and it's a foal in other words it's newborn it is are me are, are human beings any more wild than when they're newborn <laughs> i mean from the minute they come into the world you gotta start working on trying to tame them right you say, oh, you don't know my grandbaby. He's never. Listen, I, I got one that'll outdo yours. <laughs> I got nine and two on the way. And I think mine are perfect. And we all know that. But the fact of the matter is, if we're honest with ourselves, <laughs> what, is the first thing, what is the first thing that a grandparent does whenever a grandchild starts acting up? Hand them back to mom and daddy. <laughs> That's what he does. Or she, if she got any sense. Hand them back to mom and daddy. Straighten this child out and give them back to me so I can spoil them some more. It's my job to spoil them. It's your job to straighten them out. <clears throat> and I say that tongue in cheek. You know, I, I don't want anybody to think that I really think it's the grandparent's job to spoil their grandchild. I, it, it's the grandparent's job to back up the parents that are trying to train up that child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But I do love to say it's their job to spoil because I love to do it. <clears throat> but anyway... Uh, I, I love to come to this church. He is just in having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. This is not just, uh, this, this is not just an animal called an ass. It is, the, it is this animal's child, newborn child. There is nothing more wild about human nature than when you come into the world. All right, you come in the world, what are you doing? Screaming your head off. Give me attention, do something for me. I don't like this. I'm cold, I'm sick, I'm hungry, I'm tired. Do something for me. That, that's the nature of uh, what? The nature is we come in the world saying what? Minister to me, minister to me, minister to me. But what did Jesus say? I didn't come that way. I came to minister. And you know what? It takes the grace of God to break a wild sinner and make them say, I'm not here to be ministered to. I'm here to minister. Let's read on down. Verse 11. We'll skip. Well, no, let's not. Let's not skip it. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. And the battle how a bow shall be cut off. And he shall speak peace unto the heathen. And his dominion shall be from sea even to sea and from the river even to the ends of the earth. First time I read that, I said, wait a minute. He shall speak peace to the heathen. I thought he was going to lower the boom on the heathen. Until I remembered I am a heathen. Praise God, he shall speak peace to the heathen. Has he ever spoken peace to you, sinner? 
friend. We are heathens by nature, aren't we? We are apart from the holy city of Jerusalem. We are apart from the uh, law service. We're apart from, we're, we're, we're apart from the uh, service of God. We are born in this world wild. We're born in this world heathen. But he didn't come to speak judgment. He came to speak peace. And what is more peaceful than to hear the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ preached to the heathen? And look, at it says, His dominion shall be from sea even to sea and from the river even to the ends of the earth. In other words, it's going to be a worldwide dominion. As for thee also, and that is a reference to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as for thee also, by the blood of the covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. Oh, I wish I had time to preach. This pit doesn't have any water in it. You ever been in one of those? I have. You remember what David said one time? He brought me up out of a horrible pit. I want you to know that whether you realize it or not, you were in a pit and there was no water in it. You know what happens to people that are in a pit with no water in it? They die. They don't survive. A pit's not something you can crawl out of. You can crawl out of a hole, but you weren't in a hole with a canteen of water to help you along the way. You were in a pit where there was no water. Whenever Jesus Christ came and found you, you were dead in trespasses and in sin, having perished in that pit. And what, what is the message he says? He says, turn, he says, as for thee also, by the blood of thy covenant, I have sent forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. 